Thank you for downloading this message from Pastor Ryan today. We believe you will be encouraged and challenged by this message. Welcome, guest. We're glad you're here. We're appreciative and thankful that you're in this house. But listen to me for just a moment. I'm going to unpack something for you. And I've been unpacking it all week long. And, and I, you may know that when I feel heaviness and hindrance, oh, y'all been around me a while, when I start feeling heaviness and hindrance, I start putting my gloves on. I'm ready to go to war. <laughs> and and, and you've got to understand something about me. I, I, I've come to this place in life. I can choose to accept the limitations and, and the hindrances, or I can choose to fight them. And here's what I found out. The Lord has been dropping nuggets in my spirit all week about the glory, about the glory, about the glory, about the glory. And then I get in here, and it's about as heavy as a funeral home. And I'm waiting. Wait, wait, wait. I said, I, I, I can't just allow it. So apparently before we can break into the presence through praise, I'm going to have to unpack what I've been given this week and then we come back in praise. Is that alright with you? I've not got a lot of time. i just, I just got to unpack it. Touch your neighbor and say it'll be alright. <laughs> Maybe. I was reminded of Exodus 33. You don't have time to go there, but in Exodus 33, verse 18, the Bible says, Moses says to God, show me your glory. Exodus 33:18. Show me your glory. Why? Because Moses knew it was futile to try to do anything without the presence of God. He understood what it was like to see God's presence in a tangible Shekinah glory. See, we've got a tendency to think of the glory as something that you can always see. Because in the Old Covenant, the glory, the Shekinah, was, was evident through visual things. The cloud. The pillar of fire. And, and I think when you get to the New Covenant, His glory is more about Him revealing His attributes. Who He is and His nature. And, and I think we've become so accustomed to not asking for His glory because we're so educated and we're so influential with our own charisma that we don't necessarily have to have the glory in the midst of the house. But I want the glory back. I want the glory back because I needed to interrupt my plans. I want the glory back because I know it's futile to try to travel without Him. And I want the glory back because I don't do real well laying out and orchestrating a service. See, the glory has to be all about Him and not about me. See, the glory, the glory, the glory is the presence of the Lord. Most of us have been in some environments where we sense the other presence. I've been in some places where I sensed evil. Anybody in this room? I've been in some environments where I sensed the, the powers of darkness and I knew something wasn't right. I couldn't define it, but I knew something wasn't right. There's something to be said about the glory. There's even something to be said about a church that can operate without it. In Exodus 33, and the Bible says that Moses cried out, bear with me a minute, cries out to God said, Lord, let me see your glory. I wish I was that hungry. Huh? I wish I was that hungry that my cry this morning wasn't that pastor would preach a good sermon. I wish my cry was, Lord, I'm hungry for Your presence. Lord, I'm hungry for Your presence. 
I've been in this world all week long. I need your presence to purify me and cleanse me and liberate my mind and help me to feel the joy of your presence. I, I tried to have happiness, but I can't have it because of circumstances. Lord, I need to be in your presence where your fullness is. Now see, Moses cries out for that and God says, listen, you can't see all of my glory. The Bible says that He took Moses and put him in the cleft of a rock. And the Bible says that God passed by, wouldn't let him see the face, but let him see the back of the glory. <laughs> now, now here's what's beautiful about Moses. Moses was a wonderful leader. But how many know Moses got impatient like you and I? Moses got frustrated like you and I. Anybody in the building frustrated with some stuff in your life and frustrated with life and what it presents? And so Moses gets frustrated. In Numbers chapter 20, the Bible says in Numbers 20, Israel's complaining they want water to drink. Moses in his frustration operates on an old revelation. Because previously when Israel got thirsty, God said, take that staff and strike a rock. And the Bible said, water came out of the rock. You right? Now in Numbers 20, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, speak to the rock. And Moses had become so frustrated with life that in his frustration, he took his staff and he operated on another revelation. And he smote the rock. And God said, listen, I didn't tell you to strike it. I told you to speak to it. Do you understand all of us have got some rocks in our life? Rocks speak of hard places, impossibilities, things in our life that we can't fix by hitting. See, there's just some stuff you've been striking because that's the revelation you had. I'm preaching now. Because, see, the rock represents impossible things and hard things. Some of you got family that it's a rock. You got a marriage that's a rock. It's a hard thing. It seems impossible that it's ever going to get better. You've got children that are like a rock. They're rebellious and they won't seem to come to the covenant. And you've been trying to strike it with an old revelation. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to it. I think there's a word in that. Because some things you can't hit with an old revelation. You have to be sensitive by the glory of God to have a new revelation. To call those things that be not as though they are. And speak to them. See, the problem with a lot of us is we, we keep operating in what we used to learn. And what we did learn. And we, we operate in the previous. And we're not willing to step into the new. It's amazing to me why we don't ask God for the glory. Why we don't ask God to come into the room and saturate the environment. Probably because it would change our life. Because we'd have to change boxes. Because you can't ask God to come into this room and expect Him to do it like your grandma had it. Because He's never duplicated Himself in that manner ever. So he'd have to do something totally new. And he knows most of us can't even wrap our head around the old God, let alone a God of the now. Am I right? The Bible says in Numbers, stay with me just a minute. In Numbers 20, I'm, when I land this plane, y'all going to be like, hallelujah. I'm glad you fought this week to get it. In Numbers 20, instead of obeying, he strikes the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And because of that, God says to him, you're going, to, you're going to see the promise, but you're not walking into the promise. Do you understand that even when you're under the glory, you can still be disobedient? 
Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're immune from disobedient acts or behavior. Just because you go to church on Sunday and Wednesday doesn't mean you're immune from, from hardships and temptations to do it the old way. Sometimes my old flesh wants to fix things my fleshly way. Anybody got an anger issue? Y'all don't want to talk to me. Nobody snaps off crazy every once in a while. Nobody steps into the flesh and forgets that you've got a new nature. See, there's two of you. You've got your old nature and you've got your new nature. Most of the time we strike the rock because our old nature is in position of authority and we're not seeking new glory so that we can hear the Word of the Lord and speak what we're supposed to speak. Now, the Bible says because of that disobedience, in Deuteronomy 34... The Bible says that that Moses is now 120 years old. Here's what's beautiful about the story. He's 120 years old, and the Bible says this. It says his eyes are not dim, his body is not weak, which means Moses is as strong as he's ever been at 120 years old. What am I saying? He wasn't sick. He wasn't diseased. He didn't have cancer. He didn't have physical infirmities. He was as strong as he'd ever been at 120 years old. Scripture, read it. Deuteronomy 34. Now, the Bible says that God buries Moses. Moses dies and God proceeds over the funeral. Here's what you need to know. The Bible said no one knows to that day, from that day to this day, where Moses was buried. Y'all are getting curious now. Like, what are you talking about? What, what does that matter? Well... Let me, let me just fast forward. That's Old Covenant. You get to the New Testament, that's New Covenant. Somebody got a Bible? That's a funny question. We're in church. Somebody pulled Jude right before you get to the book of Revelation. Chase head to Jude. It's all the way at the back, son. Y'all are all right? I know you're here for the first time and you're like, does he always act this crazy? Home folks, what'd you say? Y'all sell me out like that. When I get done, y'all going to go, wow, I wish, I, I wish I'd have got this earlier. Jude. All right, Jude doesn't have a bunch of chapters. It's just got a few verses, right? All right, Jude 9. All right, Jude 9. Here's what it says. Yet Michael, the archangel, was contending and arguing with Satan. Okay? Verse 9. Disputing about the body of Moses... Jude 9, Michael the archangel and Satan are having a conversation and Satan says, I want to know where Moses' body is. Isn't that interesting? Now, the Bible says that Michael the archangel says to Satan, the Lord rebukes you. The Lord rebukes you. What's that mean in translation? What, what Michael's saying is, it's none of your business and no, you can't know. Ah. See, a lot of us started in the glory. And we started this progression in the glory and the presence of God. And somewhere in the course, trying to get to our promise, we've made some bad decisions. And we've made some wrong mistakes. And instead of speaking to some things, we struck some things. And because of that, we had some punishment. And our enemy says we're no good. And the enemy says we're never going to get there. And the enemy keeps saying to us, listen, you're not ever going to make it to the promise. 
How many in this room don't feel like you're ever going to get any better than you are right now? How many in this room said, if this is as good as it gets, I can't handle this? This is not good enough for me. There's got to be more than where I'm at. Is there anybody in this room that says, surely the Lord has more for me than where I am? How many of you feel like your dreams died? How many feel like you were intended to be at another place and you found yourself? Moses sees the promised land and dies. And then in Jude it says Satan wants to know where he's buried. You know what I found out about people? I found out they want to find out your past so they can use it against you to keep you from your promise. You know what I found out about people? They like to dig into your past, pull up your past, evaluate your past, and then use it and say, see, that's why you never got to the promise. That's why you weren't good enough. That's why you never got there. I'm going to tell you something just like the angel told Satan. No! You can't dig in my past. Because, see, I am a new creature. And the old things have passed away. Wait, 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 don't clap yet. Because here's the thing. See, there's some things you need to know. My mama didn't bury my past. My daddy didn't bury my past. My grandparents didn't bury my past. Religion didn't bury my past. But God has buried my past. And He buried your past. Just like He buried Moses. And Satan, you need to know, you can't dig up my past because only God knows where He buried it. If you were in this room, you would have just clapped right there and done something to praise God. Because some of you never get back in the glory. You never get back in the glory because you haven't understood that when God buries your past, not even Satan can redig it up. See, Satan wanted the body. But see, God has always had a plan for every one of our lives, and it's always about His glory. And yeah, I've fallen short. Anybody in here fallen short? Anybody made any mistakes that you know that had you had to make that decision again, you wouldn't have done that? You ever talk to yourself and go, man, that was stupid. Huh, is there any real people? I don't want church people. I want real people. I mean, there's just some t- days where I go, what was I thinking? Uh, I know what the glory feels like. I know what the presence feels like. I know what freedom feels like. I know what joy feels like. And then I'll go do something stupid and make a decision and strike my problem instead of speaking to my problem. And then my enemy shows up and goes, uh-huh. And he's got a shovel. And he's trying to dig up my past. Because he wants to find out where God buried it. Because if he can dig it up, he can remind me that I failed. He can remind me that I'm a mess up. He can remind me that I'm not good enough. And he's going to dig it up and use it against me. Why? Because he wants to keep me out of the presence. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. You can look there if you want. If you don't, I'll just quote it to you. Is that all right? Luke chapter 9. The Bible says that Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. Is that right? Luke 9, am I right? Some of you still looking. Luke 9. 
Luke 9, Jesus is transfigured. He's not been crucified. You say, that's, that's, that's right, right? So in verse 28 you said, verse 28, Jesus is transfigured. That means the glory comes on Jesus. Huh? The glory comes on Him. Jesus standing there, and here comes the glory of the presence. When the glory of the presence is there, there are two people that show up. Who are those two people? Moses. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Who showed up? Elijah and Moses. You mean the Moses who once was in the glory. The Moses who disobeyed. The Moses who Satan was trying to dig up his past. The same Moses. Where does he show up? 1,500 years later. When he couldn't see the face of God. Somebody in this room don't understand where you're about to go. 1,500 years ago, he said, I want to see the glory. God said, you can't see the glory. I'll let you see the back of me. Luke 9. Jesus is standing in the fullness of the glory. And he's carrying on a conversation face to face with Moses. Moses was buried in obscurity and only God knew where he buried him. And if God knows where he buries something, he certainly knows how to resurrect something. Because there's somebody in this room right now. You came in here and you said, my past is so horrid. My mistakes are so egregious. I have made so many things and so many decisions that my past paralyzes me and I'm not a, a candidate for resurrection. But you came into this room and you got a man standing in front of you who is here to prophesy to you where you were buried, where the dead thing dies. God said, I'm about to find it. I'm about to bring it up and I'm about to put it in my glory. And when it's in my glory, we're going to talk face to face. Wonder I fought hell this morning. Oh, y'all ready for this? My, 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 my. The Lord is standing on a mountain. The glory is upon him. Elijah and Moses are there with him. 1,500 years later, here's Moses standing on a mountain. Do you know where that mountain is? It was in the promised land. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I got three grunts and a uh. When Jesus is transfigured, He is standing in the promised land. He let Moses say, here, you can look at it, but you're not going in right now. You can look at it, but you can't go in right now. I'm going to, I'm going to reserve you for another season. I'm going to reserve you for another mission. I know you want to go in right now, but if you go in right now, I can't use you later. So what you got to understand is there's sometimes in your life that God won't let you get all the way into your promise because He's reserving to put your, put your position back where He can use you for a later season. And sometimes the enemy told you it's never coming. 
that you're never coming out. You're never going to be free. You're never going to be used. You're never going to be right. Your mind's jacked up. Your spirit's wadded up. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never coming out. And the enemy's lying, saying, listen, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And the Lord said, wait a minute, I just reserved you for such a time as this. I know everybody gave up on you before such a time as this. I know everybody said you were dead and they can't even do much with you because of your past. But I'm telling you, the Lord's going to find it. Moses now, 1,500 years later, is standing in the promised land. But now he's not looking at the glory of the old covenant. Because see, the old covenant can only get you so far. Ah, the old covenant gave him laws. But the new covenant gave him grace. The old covenant could get him to the promise where he could see it. But the new covenant would bring him in to what he didn't even deserve. And going to put him face to face with the glory. I, I, I don't think you understand the significance of what I just dropped in your spirit. So many of you said, I want to see the glory, and then you made mistakes. We fell short. We made mistakes, and we fell short. And after a while, the enemy said, there's your past. I'm going to find it. I'm going to dig it up, and I'm going to use it against you, because the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. And so Satan's going to bring up your past. I understand how valuable my past is to my enemy, but when God buries your past... Nobody can find it. Nor should they be able to find it. And some of you need to stop looking for it. Come on, stand with me in this room. Stand with me in this room. I don't, I don't, I don't think you understood what I just dropped in here. I don't think you understood what just got dropped in your spirit. Moses said, let me see your glory. God said he can't see all of it right now. And in the midst of his journey, he disobeys God. And because he disobeys God, God says, I'll let you see it, but you can't go in it. Isn't it interesting that God buries him? God does the funeral. Nobody else knows where Moses is buried. Why? Because when God buries your past, he don't want nobody else having to... When God buries your past, he doesn't want anybody to have access to your past. That's why he said it is far as from the east to the west. Though it's scarlet, it's white as snow. Why? Because when God buries your mistakes in mind, no one has rights to excavate them up. Not even Satan. See, sometimes when the enemy wants to bring your past up to you, you've got to talk to him. Just like Michael talked to him. The Lord rebuke you. I like it this way. No. No. Y'all ought to practice that. No. Yeah, I got one person. No. 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 I mean, no, your enemy going to show up and say, hey, I wanna, I'm going to try to bring your past up because your past is going to disqualify you from the glory. No. No, because when God buries it, He buries it where my enemy can't dig it up. Why? Because God's never finished with anybody. 
You listen to this preacher this morning. God's never finished with anybody. He's never wrote anybody off. You say, well, I'm not good enough. I'll never make it. i never come back. I'm telling you, he's a liar. And I'll tell this. I'll tell Satan myself. No, 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 no. 1,500 years later. See, how could Moses come back 1,500 years later? Well, you've got to remember who did the burial. Listen to me. If he's got the authority to bury you, he's got the authority to resurrect you. Uh, if, if you give him your past and he can bury it, then you've got to accept the next part of the covenant, which means he's going to resurrect you. Which means he's going to make all things new. He's going to reestablish you. And what you prayed before you fell. He said, I remember when you said, I want to see your glory. Come here with me. And Jesus, standing as the new covenant, standing in the full manifestation. He let the, the disciples see the fullness of the glory of God. And standing next to him is Moses going, this is awesome. Huh? You know Moses going, this is, oh man. I, I knew I was going to get to see it one day, but I never thought I'd see it like this. The disciples said, I think, I think we ought to build three tabernacles right there. Jesus said, no, you're missing the point. There's a greater sermon in all that. The very fact that Moses was a part of that illustration says to me, you can seek the glory, you can make some mistakes, you can fall short of the glory. But when the Lord buries my past and makes me a new creature, He tells Satan for me, no. 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 You don't dig his past up. Because what hinders most of us in our future is what? Our past. What hinders most of us from praising God? Our past. What hinders most of us in our stewardship? Our past. What hinders most of us in our servant heart is our past. What, what hinders us from even attending church most of the time? Our past. Well, I'm not good enough. I, I'm, just, I'm not righteous enough. I'm not sanctified enough. I'm not purified enough. I'm not holy. I, I still got too much me. And the Lord says, Satan, I rebuke you. We hope you enjoyed the message today. Please visit www.fivestoneschurch.info for more messages and media resources.